Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 229, and I'm calling it Daily Versus decluttering with the versus little VS being in capital letters. Because uh, I'm going to be talking about that tension between daily tasks, getting the things done that have to be done on a daily or almost daily basis, or the house gets completely out of control, and how sometimes it feels like that prevents me from actually getting to the decluttering that also desperately needs to be done. So, um, but before I do, I wanted to remind you guys that, uh, 14 days to opening your front door to guests is available for $5. I think it's usually $7.99 and it's $5 for November. Just use the code November. You know how to spell that, right? Anyway, all caps, uh, go to aslobcomesclean.com slash one, four, like 14 but the numbers. Um, and then another thing I wanted to tell you guys, which is not any kind of an advertisement. It's just me telling you something that I mean to tell you every single Thanksgiving. And then at least for the last three or four years, and then I forget until it's too late. And as someone who really gets frustrated when a great idea gets told to me or comes into my brain just after I should have acted on it. And now I can't anymore. I've who knows, maybe I've actually mentioned this, (laughs) but if I have, I'm sorry. Anyway, I'm trying to tell you in time before Thanksgiving. And honestly, you can use this idea for Christmas as well. It's just my favorite, favorite thing that we do at Thanksgiving. And it's not my idea. It's my friend's idea. And that is if you work with any kind of a group of teenagers or older elementary, um, my favorite thing that we do, we call it Friendsgiving, which is not unique to us. So my husband and I work with a group of ninth and 10th graders on Sunday nights. And then we have two other couples, friends who, you know, one of them has the 11th and 12th graders at our church and the other one has the 7th and 8th graders. Anyway, and we all come together and we do, we just do a potluck, which is your, you know, typical old thing, but the teenagers themselves have to be the ones to do the cooking. That's the thing that we emphasize. Mama can't do this for you and don't go to the store and buy it. Now it's not like we turn the people away or have their mom sign a note or anything like that, but we do it on a Sunday night. And so, you know, we we tell them for a couple weeks ahead of time, but then it is so fun to hear the stories of the kids who got together over the afternoon on Sunday afternoon and cooked up stuff. I mean, I'm telling you, it's my favorite thing I do. And we have such crazy, we don't do like, you have to make a Thanksgiving type meal. It's, you can make whatever. So people make sausage balls and things like that, but it is so much fun to see what the kids do. And the kids really challenged to do that. And It's very fun. Anyway, so I wanted to tell you about that before it's too late for you to do it. I know we're like two weeks away from Thanksgiving, but if you're anything like me, you might have a party planned with some teenagers and you technically didn't actually have a plan yet um, because that's how I roll. I'm like, sure, we can do that. And then, oh no, I'm about to tell you guys. Yeah. mm -hmm, I'm going to tell you today at the meeting um, what it is that that we're doing. Yep. It's a surprise when in reality, I have no idea what we're going to be doing and I'm waiting for inspiration. So there's your last minute inspiration. You could totally do it as a Christmas party too, but I just love it. Um, it kind of makes me all weepy. 
I don't know why, but it's like my favorite thing that we do because the kids all make food, which some of them do that all the time and they have a chance to show off and some of them never do it and they have a chance to be challenged. All right. So let's talk about the daily versus decluttering. Again, this is a natural tension for people like us. Okay. And, um, I made some notes. I made it on actual paper with an actual pen because our power was out for six hours yesterday, which is bananas. Um, and makes you realize, wow, we really do depend on our electricity, don't we? Anyway. Um, and I couldn't search up the question on my phone. So, um, or I, it was a hassle, so I didn't anyway, but I'm basically going on what I remember of the question. And then I'm going to go through and actually read the question after. Okay. And then I'll make sure that I hit all of the little things. But the basic question is this, this person is telling me. And when I say this person, you guys, if it's you, I am so thankful that you listen to the podcast. I'm so thankful that you sent me a podcast idea, a question, but particularly this question. And it's always true when, you know, these ones that I answer, but you guys, this is a classic common dilemma for our people. This right here. So, you know, yes, I'm going to be kind of specifically answering the question, but in no way am I, and I'm going to be guessing some things and I'm going to be, okay, so maybe this person meant this or whatever. I am in no way judging at all. You guys know that about me, right? But I just want to be clear because I know it's sometimes hard to send in your own questions because you're like, oh, you know, and it's always funny to me. Like sometimes I'll publish something on the, like if somebody sends me a story, I sometimes have a backlog of them, like of ones that I have permission to publish and I just haven't ever gotten to. It's not you, it's me, I promise. But um, it's always funny to me because I'll say, you know, I won't use your name unless you want me to. And uh, most people, because I would have been this way too, are like, uh, do not use my name. I would die if you use my name. And then there are always those people who are like, use it. Come on, use it. Anyway, so I just want to be sensitive to that, that, you know, if this is your question, there's one person, but um, I'm guaranteeing you that this could be the question of 90% of my target audience. So anyway, here we go. This is the dilemma. All right. But the unique thing about this person is that they said they do the dishes without thinking. Okay. So that's not 90% of my audience. We don't, but we all have our things that we're like, well, that is not a struggle for me. So I do that. Okay. So, um, but her, her point was she does the dishes without thinking and she can't start decluttering until the dishes are done, which is a good thing. Then when she does the dishes, she's out of time to declutter. Okay. So here's where I am not speaking directly to this person. I'm speaking to all of us, okay? And I'm speaking to where I was, okay, before when I was trying to get my house under control, but was just doing a little here and doing a little there and never actually making progress, okay? Which is what I hear here. When you talk about daily tasks getting in the way of decluttering, and I desperately need to declutter, but I can't do it because of the daily stuff, I, I get it. It's that kind of that endless cycle in a really bad way where I just don't feel like I'm ever making any real progress. Okay. So we've all had this dilemma. Yes, this, this is, I mean, not the, yes, I do the dishes thing, but you know what I mean? Um, but I do have some questions. Okay. Because here's my thing. I did not know that the dishes were a big part of my problem. Like I had not consciously said, 
I don't want to do the dishes every day. I'm only going to do them when blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'm going to wait and do the dishes when it's worth doing the dishes. I'm going to wait and do the dishes when I'm cleaning the house, whatever. I didn't consciously say that. So I have some questions here to make sure that we are talking about the same thing, okay? Because even if you automatically do the dishes, are you doing them every single day? Okay. Because my thing was I had no routine. And so I wasn't necessarily thinking about how I wasn't doing the dishes, but I was also wasn't, I did not have a routine for doing the dishes. And before I had a routine, the dishes took me a whole lot longer. So dishes math is this one day's worth of dishes takes like 20 minutes to do. I personally did not know that. I thought doing the dishes took hours because when I would do the dishes in the way that I knew to do the dishes. So like what doing the dishes meant to me was a multiple hour project. Okay. It was catching up. I didn't know I was catching up. I just thought I was doing the dishes. Does that make sense? So my question is, are you doing them every day? Because dishes math is 20 minutes is one day's worth of dishes, unless you have some crazy extenuating circumstance. There's also a lot of days where one day's worth of dishes is like 10 minutes, okay? Two days worth of dishes is not double that. It's actually at least triple that. So like two days worth of dishes is an hour because I have more than will fit in the dishwasher or I have more than will fit in the sink or I have more than will fit in my dish, my um, yeah dish drainer or whatever it's called for them to dry. So I have to shift and move and do a double, you know, get one worth and then dry them and put away instead of being able to leave them there to air dry because, you know, air drying is so logical, right? Because I love air drying. Um, but I couldn't do that, you know, so it just, it was a, a much longer process. And then if I waited three days, it was hours worth of dishes. Okay. And I thought doing the dishes was the three days thing. Does that make sense? So that I'm not, I'm not criticizing, blah, blah, blah. I've already established that. I'm just asking that question. What are we talking about when we say, oh, I do the dishes? Because I would have said, oh, I do the dishes. Are we talking about daily? Because the daily is the key. Or for those of you who live alone, or um, maybe only one other person in your household, or um, perhaps you, you know, your kitchen routine just does not produce as many dishes. I mean, those are all legitimate things. And maybe your routine is different, but the key is a routine. And the routine being a routine that allows you to not have a sink full of dirty dishes. Okay, so the way that my daily dishes allows me to not have a sink full of dirty dishes is that I run the dishwasher at night and I empty it in the morning. So while we're getting ready in the morning, it literally takes me like three to five minutes, five minutes if I'm distracted, three if I'm focused, to empty the dishwasher. And if I will do that, then my dishwasher is open for me to put dishes into it throughout the day and then run it again at night. And so I don't have dishes piling up in the sink. My kids, for some reason, when they bring dishes in, because they've been told to bring dishes in, not because anybody is amazing on their own. Um, but I mean, they're all amazing in their own way. You know what I mean, right? I'm just saying in this, you'd think, but whatever. So the sink is never full of dishes because I have the open dishwasher. So that's part of the routine is the emptying of it as well. So for you, maybe it's every two to three days and you go, I run it on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. 
you know, and Friday, I've got a couple extra nights, you know, I have one extra night than the other times, but I can do that because I always eat out or whatever, you know, maybe that's your situation as long as the routine actually works in a way where the dishwasher is empty so that you can be loading up the dishwasher and you're not like, oh, wait, I can't, I only read it on Monday night and it's actually full on Sunday morning. Oh no, you know, that's where it gets out of, out of hand. If you don't have that routine that actually works for your actual lifestyle, because that's all that matters is how it works in your family and in your home. Okay. So I'm just identifying what we're talking about here. Are we talking about every single day? Okay. Because the daily is the key here. Here's what I'm going to say. Even if you think you have a routine, even if you think dishes are not a problem in your home, and yet you feel like they are getting in the way of you having time to declutter. If you're not doing them daily, start doing them daily. Start with that. Go ahead and focus on that routine and get that routine to a daily point so that you get it to the minimal amount of time possible for it to take. Okay, let me tell you about Trust and Will, one of this week's sponsors. I'm honestly relieved that they're sponsoring my podcast because it gave me the chance to cross one of the most stressful items that's been on my to-do list for years off. I crossed that thing off. My husband and I created our will. This has nagged at me since our first kid was born almost 18 years ago. And probably honestly, it nagged at me before that. And yet it all seemed very overwhelming to me. So I'm truly thankful for trust and will. The process is so simple and I have much more peace of mind. Trust and will is quick to do. You can finish in 10 minutes completely online. Plus it's inexpensive. Guardianships start at $39, wills $69 and trusts $399. And they are offering guardianships, wills and trusts in all 50 states. Take 10% off by going to trustandwill.com slash clean or entering promo code clean at trustandwill.com. Yes, my listeners can take 10% off by going to trustandwill.com slash clean or entering promo code clean at trustandwill.com. Okay, here's another question that I have about this situation that we all have if, because I'm sure you've had this exact same complaint, like I've said a thousand times, are we actually talking about doing the dishes? So if you'll notice, because being ambiguous is one of those things that I have no patience for in directions. Uh, don't give me an overall clean the kitchen. No, do the dishes. I mean, when I'm saying, when I say do the dishes, I'm not trying to trick myself into scrubbing down the whole kitchen. Well, you know what? If I can talk myself into getting started by just running the dishwasher, I bet you I will not even realize that suddenly I have shined my toaster. No, that is not my goal. My goal is not to trick myself into doing that. My goal is to actually identify the very, very least most basic thing that I have to do in order for my house to stand or control. And the thing I have to do is do the dishes. Ideally, I'm also going to do a quick wipe down of the cabinets. But when I say do the dishes, I don't mean have a perfect kitchen. So that's my question too. Are we talking about just doing the dishes? Because the point of that is for me to not have my home come to a screeching halt and end up piling up and being 
its own project that I have to tackle because of tackling a decluttering project. Do you know what I mean? Like that's the tension here is you feel like, well, if I throw myself into decluttering and let everything go, then I'm going to be so excited that I got that area decluttered. And then I'm going to walk in my kitchen and scream because it's going to be this huge depressing thing that I'm going to have to deal with now because I've been letting it go for however many days. So the reason I had to identify do the dishes is I'm not saying make everything sparkly. I'm not saying wipe down your refrigerator. I'm not saying wipe down your trash can. I'm not saying do, I'm saying actually just doing the dishes. If I will keep the dishes done, it does not grind everything to a halt when I've got something else going on. So that's my other question. Are we just talking about doing the dishes or are you talking about having a perfect kitchen? Okay. So in these times where you desperately need to declutter, maybe take a deep breath and say, I'm just going to do the dishes because that lady on the podcast said that I could just do that. And even though it hurts to walk away when everything's not completely perfect in here, I am just going to do the dishes and then I'm going to go work on the decluttering project. Okay. So it's not the way you want to go on forever, but here's the beauty of decluttering. Once decluttering is done, it's done. It is not something that has to be revisited again and again and again. So yes, getting that decluttering done is going to help make your life easier in that, you know, once you get the decluttering done, not that it's ever actually done, but you know what I mean? Once you make that progress on decluttering and you feel like, oh, you don't have this huge pressure. I've got to declutter. I've got to declutter. Then as you get the dishes done, you've got some piddle time. Okay. And when I say piddle, I mean like that, oh, I need to wipe this down. Oh, you know what? Let me pull this chair in here well, this chair itself needs to be wiped down. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Who touches the side of their chair this much? So-and-so come in here. I mean, like that's the kind of thing that can happen in my brain is I can go down this road of, oh, well, this needs to be cleaned. Oh, well, this needs to be cleaned. You know what? I need to wipe down this cabinet door. And before I know it, I don't have time to declutter anymore. Okay. So that's the reason that my four basic habits are boiled down to the most basic. And I will say the most basic of everything is to do the dishes. Okay. If you want to just do the dishes and skip the sweep in the floor, okay, go ahead and declutter, but do the dishes. Does that make sense? Okay. But this is why we're kind of analyzing what are we actually talking about when we say do the dishes, because then that could very well be having an effect upon this lack of time to declutter. Okay. So Um, another reason why I have these boiled down to the absolute basics for basic tasks is because I'm distractible. Okay. So along with the things I was just talking about with, you know, am I just talking about the dishes because I can chant to myself in my head, just do the dishes, just do the dishes. It's like a one item checklist. I don't even have to write down, you know, like that gives me permission to not get distracted. It helps me not get distracted because I don't have, okay, what were all the things I needed to get done before I can declutter? No, I mean, it's, there's no way to forget, do the dishes. I mean, if you've listened to or read How to Manage Your Home Without Losing Your Mind, you've heard me say it. An actual, I think I counted, it's over 50 times in that book. I don't know. I did have a real number at some point. I don't remember what it is, but anyway. Now, we're going to talk about the decluttering side of this and where the uh, mental blocks might be 
in this issue. Okay. And the number one thing is you do not need a set block of time in order to declutter. That is my number one game changer for me personally in my home was letting go of this idea that I needed X amount of time available in order to make decluttering progress. Okay. Now, how do we do this? Well, you know, just to be clear, I'm talking about you can declutter in as little, you thought I was going to say five minutes, right? Because I always say five minutes, five days or five hours, or actually five minutes, five hours or five days. However much time you have to devote to decluttering, you can make progress and only progress. That's what I always say, right? With my decluttering at the speed of life. But I'm going to tell y'all, you can make decluttering progress in 15 seconds. I dare you to try to make progress in five seconds because you can do it because of how we're going to talk about it. Okay. And it's changing the mindset about what it means to declutter. Number one, the goal of decluttering is to have less in the space than you had before you started. If you have less stuff in this space, you have successfully decluttered, which means you can pull out one item of trash. And let me just tell you, two seconds is a lot longer than you think. So I used to make um, videos like of, you know, obviously you guys have seen my YouTube, but I'm talking about like back in the days when not everybody had an actual film studio in their hand that they carried around with them all day. I'm talking about like back when you actually had to really edit things, but not really edit like with my little camcorder. Anyway, I would do, I loved putting um, pictures to music, you know, like, like little clips and things to music. And I can remember that I would do like, you know, a a picture. And when I first did it, I was doing, I can't remember how long I did, but I got to where I thought, okay, it was always more than I thought. I was doing it for two seconds. I was showing something for two seconds with the music in the background. And I remember looking at it and I, I just timed it all out. And then I went back and watched it and I went, two seconds is a really long time. Like when you are just sitting there and watching it, you know, when I wanted it to have a certain feel to it and everything. So I'm, don't take video editing, editing advice from me. Everybody knows that. But when I would look at it, I would go, two seconds is long enough for me to go, that's awkwardly too long. So five seconds is long enough for you to throw something in the trash. All right. I know you think that's not real decluttering. I mean, you don't think that, right? Why is it that I use that voice for people who, (laughs) those of y'all who are not disorganized naturally and listen to my podcast, I, I don't think you talk that way, but in my head, that's how y'all talk anyway. Um, but that's not real decluttering. I mean, it is though, because if there's less in the space than there was before, that's decluttering. And here's the problem. What I remember of the question person asking the question, you know, her hang up was by the time I finish with the dishes, I don't have time to declutter. Well, what are we talking about with decluttering then? That's where we have to redefine decluttering, redefining decluttering into meaning that if something leaves my house, if there's less in this space than there was before I started, I have successfully decluttered. That means I can literally work for five seconds. 
most people are going to work for more than five seconds. A five second decluttering is a shift into letting me go. I don't have to declutter. It's okay to go ahead and throw something away instead of going, oh, wow, there's a bunch of stuff on that table or in that basket. I sure need to clean that out. And instead going, um, there's some obvious trash and I'm going to throw it away. I know it's a mental hang up, but it's for real for people like me. Okay. So anyway, having that shift, also knowing that our goal here is better because that's another thing too, is a lot of times that the hang up in this, I don't have enough time to declutter is that I'm thinking I don't have enough time to finish decluttering this space where if the space looks better than it did before, which if I remove the trash, I'm telling you what, it will look better. Like I'm a hundred percent promise guaranteeing, not that there's anything I would give you because it's your house and your clutter, but you know what I mean? I am giving you the promise that if you will remove the trash from a space, it's going to look better. Okay. And you're going to actually feel better. And usually you're going to feel a bit less overwhelmed. And usually that's going to make you more ready to declutter again sooner. But that's just what I'm saying is what is it you're trying to do? What is it you don't have the time to do? Do you not have the time to finish this project or do you not have the time to pick up a piece of trash and throw it away. You have time to pick up a piece of trash and throw it away. I promise. I know I'm making all these promises this time. Anyway. Um, but you guys, I wanted to tell y'all this is super random. And one of the many reasons why people email me all the time and say, do you do know that you have ADHD, right? Whatever. I'm so proud of my dog. I'm not going to say her name because she will then come over here. But do y'all remember back when I used to have to put her in her crate in order for me to record a podcast because she'd want to come over and lick the microphone and she couldn't handle me talking into, um, space for no reason. Um, anyway, she's just laying there. She's just laying there. You might hear her snoring at some point, but anyway. Um, okay. So accepting less and better. The other thing too, is to remember visibility, visibility. There are many a podcast, many a book chapter, many a blog post, blah, blah, blah over the radical effect of visibility on decluttering. And that means, because that, I think that's one of the other things that she had in her question was, I also just feel overwhelmed because there's so many different little things and I don't know where to start. Start with the most visible space, because here's the other thing too, that whole feeling of I'm not going to be able to finish. So why do I get started? It's hard to convince yourself that it was worth it when you did spend those five seconds or five minutes in a space that you don't actually see on a regular basis. Okay. But if you focus those five minutes or two minutes or 30 seconds that you have on the most visible space to you, then you're going to see that progress and you're going to be reminded and your brain is going to start accepting the fact that those five minutes were worth it or those two minutes, they were totally worth it. So that visibility is everything. So remember with my decluttering process, the goal and the result is progress and only progress. Okay. We are never going to make a bigger mess. We are not going to put off anything else, put off anything for later. Okay, to get done later in this later land of when I'm going to be suddenly efficient and not procrastinate anymore. (laughs) It's never going to happen. I'll never get there. So I have, because I'll never get there, because I'll never be the person who doesn't procrastinate, I have to stop myself and go ahead and make the progress now instead of assuming I'll suddenly be efficient in the future. I don't know if that made sense, but I feel like it did. We'll see. All right, let's talk about supportive undergarments. 
fine bras. They're important, but sometimes they aren't comfortable. And sometimes shopping for them is the most uncomfortable part. That's not the case with Third Love. Third Love offers the perfect fit promise. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, return it. And Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. They are consistently giving back to the community by donating all of their gently used returned bras to women in need, supporting charities in their local San Francisco Bay Area and across the United States. Hands down, Third Love offers the most comfortable bra you'll own. Straps that won't slip and tagless labels equals no itching. And you can ask my mama, I can't stand to wear anything that itches though I never understood why she made a big deal about that because why would anyone want to wear something that itched? Anyway, Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they are offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash clean now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash clean for 15% off today. Let me tell you about one of this episode's sponsors, BetterHelp. I'm talking today about breaking through some mental blocks with decluttering, but there are a lot of mental blocks you may need help with, and I'm not the expert on the ones that don't have to do with cleaning and decluttering. In fact, I don't even know if it's okay to call them mental blocks. Anyway, that's why I'm excited to tell you about BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online counseling that allows you to connect with a licensed professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. So you can get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. If you're overwhelmed with how to even get started, check out BetterHelp. They have 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time. No additional charge for that. You can start communicating in under 24 hours, though I do want to be clear, this is not a crisis line. One big advantage, since I know I have readers all over, is there is broad expertise in the network, which might not be locally available in many areas. Financial aid is available for those who qualify, and best of all, it's truly an affordable option. A Slob Comes Clean listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code CLEAN, so why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash clean and simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash clean. So how do you make progress at any time available? Well, you finish as you go, which means every step that you take is a complete step. There are no half steps, okay? There are no for now steps. It's every step is finished as you go. What I mean by that, I don't mean that you better get every little teeny tiny bit of trash. So trash is the number one step in my decluttering process. Okay. For those of you who know the process well, but I'm not talking about you better get every bit of trash before you move on to step two. What I'm saying is for every piece of trash that your hand touches, or if you don't want to touch trash, use some tongs, right? Anyway, just disinfect the tongs after if it's that kind of trash that you don't want to touch. But as you pick up the trash, it goes straight into the trash bag, which means that it's done. 
Like it's finished. That's what I'm talking about is that piece of trash has lived its full, complete decluttering life. It has been decluttered because it was in the space. Your hand picked it up and it goes straight into the trash bag. I know this sounds like, well, duh, you guys, I can't even tell you how many times before I started decluttering this way that I would do crazy stuff like sorting out or I'll put all the trash in this little corner here instead of just sticking it in a trash bag. Like it literally takes more effort to move all the trash into a pile and then take that pile and put everything into a trash bag than it does to just hold a trash bag and every piece of trash that comes out, it goes straight into the black trash bag. But do you see what I'm saying? It's completed. It's done. Complete the small actions. Trash into hand, into the bag. No procrastination stations. No halfway points. Okay. Easy stuff is the next step of the decluttering process. So I've gotten the trash out. Not that I'm not going to find some more trash as I keep decluttering, but my trash bag is right there. So there's never a halfway or an in-between thing in the future for that either. Okay. So I now after the trash, I am looking for easy stuff. Easy stuff is something that has an established home somewhere else in the house. It's just not there for whatever reason. Identify the easy stuff, identify something easy, pick it up and take it to its already established home. Now, the reason easy stuff is different than our decluttering questions is it's the stuff that requires no decision-making whatsoever. It's the stuff that it's like, oh, that's just in the wrong place. Okay, so that's the mental thing there, because the mental thing is probably the biggest piece of all of this, right? Right. So we take it there right now. I know some of you, I know I get it. You don't think that's efficient. Go listen to all the other podcasts where I explain. But the, this whole, this thing right here is the explanation of why it's efficient, because it's a completed action. It is not, there is no halfway point. There is no assuming that things are going to go a certain way in the future, whatever. It's take it to its home and it's done. Now, yes, if I'm going to walk across the house to deliver this item to its established home, I'm going to see what else there is in the space that can either go to that same place or go somewhere along the way. Okay. Cause I don't want to take one, one trip for every item. That's not what I'm talking about, but I am talking about a completed action. So I never move something here to then do something later. Okay. And what this does is I'm achieving less. Okay. And the space is looking better as it has less stuff in it. And as I achieve less, I have successfully decluttered, even though I'm not finished, but there I'm, I'm preventing myself from getting into a situation where I'm actually not finished. Okay. No, maybe the project isn't completed, but I have finished this one step. So I'm saying there's no halfway because that's how you end up with a bigger mess than before you started, which is most people's biggest frustration with decluttering. So remembering that. And, you know, maybe you don't have that issue. Maybe you do always finish it. But we're specifically going back to that whole idea of daily versus decluttering, like when they feel like they can't coexist. Start decluttering this way. If you feel like I just never have the time to declutter, what if you feel like I never have the energy to declutter? Start decluttering this way. I am telling you, it will make such a huge difference because you're going to see visible progress because you're working in a visible area. That's how you've prioritized. And 
you're going to be actually making real progress, okay, without, you know, not fake progress of, oh, okay, well, I made all these decisions of where things were going to go. Great, but now all those things are in a pile and you're going to have to go back through it and try to remember what your decisions were, right? Okay, so as we do that, um, you know, things go straight into the donate box, you know, duh clutter, things that you're like, I don't know why this is here. I'm going to stick that in there. I'm not going to worry about asking questions about it. And then going through my two decluttering questions, which are, um, if I needed this item, where would I look for it first? And, um, what was the other one? <laughs> and then there's take it there now. Oh, and if I needed this item, would it ever occur to me that I already had one? And if it would never occur to me that I already had one, which is the reason I didn't have a place where I would look for it, um, then it goes into the donate box. But that's the whole point of the donate box being right there is that is is there and it's easy for me to complete that action. So it's thinking of that, thinking of everything that you're doing along those lines. Does that make sense? Okay. Now I'm going to go back and I'm going to read her question. And it says, I've been re-listening to earlier podcasts to muster momentum, momentum is great, for decluttering and re-decluttering. Really needs to be done because we had pretty much eliminated storage tubs, boxes, and laundry baskets storing things on the floor in our small house. My issue is that I do the dishes without thinking about it. Sometimes I have the time to declutter and want to, but don't even feel able to start because I have to do dishes to be able to think. Once they're done, I'm out of time to declutter. So I think we covered all of that, right? Okay. Um, I also have a really hard time prioritizing different things. My boxes and baskets on the floor. Okay. Now here's something I want to say too. All right. Um, so I think we're talking about re-decluttering here. And the thing I want you to remember with re-decluttering is it's not going to be as overwhelming as it was the first time, because the first time this was a whole new process. Okay. And I don't know how long the stuff had been in the boxes and the baskets on the floor that you say you had pretty much eliminated at one point. So I would find things and I, I mean, you know, sometimes it would be something that I go, okay, well, there's no way to deny that um, that's not from three years ago and it's been sitting in that corner for three years or whatever. Like that's the kind of stuff I would run into with that first round of decluttering. This time, as you go through, it's going to be easier because it will have been there for less time. Okay. So yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm giving you that hope. Um, so my boxes, baskets on the floor have either clothing books or a mishmash of junk. That's not quite trash. Decisions would have to be made, whichever I take on. I will simultaneously feel, ugh, this junk and I can't stand these books being here. And why are these still, why are these clothes still here? How do I decide? Also with the clothes and books, I have to make groups like giveaway, sell next spring, save till my youngest is this size. Okay. So here we go. Um, we have the mishmash of junk. That's not quite trash. That's where those two decluttering questions come in. And if you can answer the first one, you don't have to answer the second. I don't even have to ask the second one. So the first question, and that this is item by item. It's not ask this question and look at the stuff. It's pick something up. It either goes in the trash. It's a duh donation and goes in the donate box. It's easy. It goes to its home or you ask the question, where would I look for this first? And it's the instinctual answer. Okay. And then you take it there right now. If you don't have an instinctual answer, you need to ask yourself, would I ever go looking for this if I actually needed it? All right. Okay. So that's how you work through those things and you prioritize it according to what's most visible. Perhaps that's what's most trip overable. What, you know, what is in the living areas and the spaces where it just kind of hurts your heart of, oh, I had the space better and now there's laundry baskets or whatever. 
um, with stuff in them. So that kind of thing is prioritized that way. Other things too that I hear are maybe some procrastinate clutter in your spaces. So, you know, I can't stand these books being here. Well, you know, put the books on the bookshelf, implement the container concept, accept the realities of the space that you have, put your favorite books in first and anything that doesn't, doesn't fit, then it has to go. But you already had a box and a, or a basket or a laundry basket, a tub, whatever, and you can donate that along with the books that are inside of it. So, um, you know, doing things in that way and realizing sometimes it's just, let me do the easiest possible thing to get this out of here, which might be putting the books on the bookshelf. And that's going to naturally reveal through the container concept, it's going to naturally reveal how many books you can actually keep in the size house that you have, um, which you stated was a small house. So you know, the container concept is, is so incredibly important everywhere, especially in smaller spaces. Okay. Um, and then we talk about the groups, um, of items like giveaway, sell next spring, save till my youngest is this size. The selling thing is, is perfectly fine. If that's what you need to do, then that's what you need to do. I personally decided that because I used to have very complicated systems of all the different piles of this goes to this person, this goes to this person, this is really nice, but blah, blah, blah. And this is going to be sold in this way. And this is going to be sold in this way. And of course, it had to wait till next spring, because that was when it was seasonally appropriate. And blah, 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 blah. But anyway, that was a problem. That was a major, major problem for me was having such a complicated system. That's one of the reasons I started defaulting to donating. I started, I made a conscious decision that I am going to donate and it's painful. But of course there are times where you, because when I donate, it gets out of my house so much more quickly and more easily. I just took a suburban load to our um, local donation place and, oh my goodness, the weight off of my shoulders when those guys hauled my boxes into their thrift store was so worth in value to me, the money I might have gotten if I'd had a garage sale. It was just so nice to go, well, it's completely loaded up and now it's completely empty. And it was just a lovely, lovely feeling. So I personally have come to that point of being willing to donate partly because of my complicated systems, because my problem with the complicated systems was that I would, I mean, honestly, I would have all these different, you know, detail, well, this needs to go to so-and-so, and and this needs to go to so-and-so, and and this needs to go to so-and-so, and this needs to find somebody to go to. And I would separate it out and then it would stay in my house because I am not the greatest at calling somebody and saying, come over and pick these things up because I didn't want them in my house because my house was messy, you know. So, or remembering to, you know, I might remember to put it in the car, but then I might not remember to actually give it to him when I saw him or whatever. And so those things just stayed in my home and that was frustrating, okay? But the other thing to remember, if you do have, you know, save till my youngest is in this size and stuff that you need to sell because, you know, realistically for your family's financial situation, you do need to sell it, the container concept. And that means what space do you have in your home that you can legitimately devote to storing this stuff until your youngest is this size or until next spring when you're going to sell it that does not steal space that your family currently needs to be able to function and live. Like what space in your home can you devote to that? And then that's your container, whether it's a shelf, a drawer, 
an actual tub that you have the space to actually store the tub, not just stick it in the living room in the corner. But, you know, that container determines how you're going to do that. So, so out of all these things that, um, you know, as you go through things and you think, oh, I'm going to save that till my youngest, I'm going to save that till my youngest, I'm going to save that till my youngest, you stick those things in this container that fits in a space that you really truly can give to it. And as you put the stuff in the container and then that container starts to get full, you're like, oh, I don't actually want that thing is stained. I would never put, you know, her in this or you know what, now that I look at it, I always hated that thing. Or you know what, this is not her style. You know, she's a very different style than her sister or whatever it is you know, it it will help to naturally sort that out when you have, this is the amount of space that I have to be able to devote to this and let the container make the decision, the emotional decisions and the what if decisions instead of you making those decisions. I hope that's been helpful. All right. So Thanksgiving's coming up. Don't forget, um, aslobcomesclean.com slash 1414, um, will take you to, uh, 14 days to opening your front door to guests as of right now, the day that this is coming out, it's 14 days anyway, but for November of 2019, even if you get it after Thanksgiving, because you want it for Christmas or just whatever, um, my 14 days to opening a front, opening your front door to guests, which is the guide it will take you through, has the charts, has you think through and reprioritize and be realistic and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff, um, is $5 with the code November. Okay. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.